0: Hi, welcome to Dry Jan Plan and these are very short episodes to help you get through dry January. uh, In the past have you found yourself white knuckling it and using willpower and maybe caving in and having that drink so I've put this series together for the whole month of January just to give you some tips and skills and techniques and some expert advice. I've been alcohol free since 2019 and um, whether you're planning on extending your alcohol free um, lifestyle or whether you're just taking a month off these tips and skills will be absolutely invaluable to help you get through the month and certainly make you think about drinking and the way your drinking pattern is when the 1st of February comes around. A caveat is if you think you are physically dependent on alcohol, i.e. if you stop drinking, you get headache, you get sweaty, you get shaky, please, please go and seek medical advice before stopping because it can be very dangerous just stopping alcohol if you have a physical dependency. So these will be dropping every day. So tune in and uh, please do leave me a review. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Hi and welcome to day 18 of the Dry Jam Plan Today I want to talk about um, social media really and other cultures around the alcohol free space, sober space, whatever you want to call it because everybody's different we all have our own personal experiences around alcohol and I've always been... um, more on the compassionate don't worry about it it is what it is at the minute you'll get there in the end type of person I don't want to come across as preachy with anybody and I hope I've not come across as preachy in any of my podcasts I see myself as an educator which I love to do i love to learn i love to share my knowledge and expertise around alcohol and how it affects us our body our brain our relationships and you know lots of external factors but i know there are other sober coaches out there that are very disruptive in your face really preachy and that's not to say that that's not wrong because I think we're all different we all come at it from a different perspective and share how it's worked for us so I just wanted to share that compassion and I'm not saying that these other cultures don't have compassion because I know Quite a few people in the sober space now and I do know they've got compassion but I think with alcohol because it can be such an ingrained habit within us we need to understand why and that's because it's got a very addictive nature to it if we drink it on a regular basis for long enough there's a high chance that we will become addicted to it now was i addicted to it i've sort of turned this over in my head i don't know how many times i was always i always said i'd had an issue or i might have said a problem but because it is such an addictive substance i think maybe i was addicted to it Like I've been addicted to sugar, like I was addicted to the shopping channels when I was at home with my daughter when um, she was very young and I was sat at home, bored. I used to buy the most stupidest things. You know, people get addicted to exercise. People get addicted to gambling, to pornography, to gaming, to lots of things but the word addiction when used in sort of the context of alcohol it conjures up lots of different images doesn't it it conjures up this person that's down and out that's drinking from a paper bag sat on the park bench or in a doorway in a sleeping bag homeless and this that's just not true But there's no shame in having a habit around alcohol. There's still such a stigma attached to it. I know when I post on my socials, if I put a poll out there or if I put something on socials that's um, asking a question around alcohol i get very little interaction i get interaction from friends that know me well and that um are quite happy to comment because they're quite happy in their um their drinking habits but not very many other people comment And I find it really interesting because are people frightened of being judged? There's lots of people that come forward and will say, hey, I've been um, alcohol-free for six months, a year, five years, ten years, you know. And we celebrate that together. But there's a lot of people out there that are questioning their drinking And I think to come at it from a very compassionate, understanding side is is my way. That's my way of dealing with my clients and supporting my clients. It is, and I say it so many times on my posts, it's not your fault. And it really isn't your fault. It's all to do with the addictive nature of the ethanol, which is the alcohol alcohol that we're drinking over time, it, it just gets a hold of us. And I think the longer we drink, the more we need to consume. If you listen to yesterday's episode, when I talk about the neurotransmitters and GABA, which is the chemical that slows our brain down which it gives us that relaxing feeling to start with if we continue to drink the alcohol actually has an effect on the neurotransmitter and we need more and more alcohol to get that um, chilled out feeling and that de-stress feeling and that's when we can get on that slippery slope Whereas when I started with a couple of glasses of wine and then went on to a bottle, then a bottle and a half, and there were occasions when I had two bottles. You know, I just think now, that was in 2019 when I decided to give up, where would I be now? And, you know, I try not to think about it too much, but, you know, what does your gut tell you around your drinking? I mean, if you've gone well over halfway into January without drinking, I'm hoping that these episodes are helping. I'm hoping that you are understanding why you probably drink more than you want to, and understanding the nature of alcohol and how it affects our body and our mind. Because when February comes around, You know, we all have a choice, don't we? And whether we drink or not. For me, I did 30 days and then decided to do another 30 days and then another 30 days and it got to a year and, you know, I thought, "Mm, I quite quite like this non-drinking Carol (laughs) and I sort of carried on. But whether you decide to drink... In February, or whether you've already started to drink throughout January and found you couldn't do it, it was too hard. I mean one of the ladies I do um a thirty day alcohol um experiment in at Mindspace, which is the local charity in stamford um where near where I live, and one of the ladies who is around alcohol all the time who actually works in a hotel. Um, went away to Wales and had her 50th birthday and we had a conversation around it and it was a matter of if you feel like drinking, then drink. If you don't want to drink, then don't drink. And it really is a choice and it really wouldn't have mattered whether or not she had a drink or not because the important thing is awareness around that and I think if you are you are drinking in January or you're thinking about drinking in February and going back to, you know, your normal drinking habits, then this podcast and this series of the Dry Jam Plan has really sort of hopefully opened your eyes and made you more aware. And I think having compassion from someone else like a coach like me and giving yourself some grace and letting yourself off the hook when maybe you've not reached that benchmark that you want to reach again, it's not your fault, and I think it's really important to understand that we only know what we know you know we we've only got the tools in our tool bag to bring up when we get a craving or a trigger. If we're surviving on willpower, then that's a really difficult place to be, because willpower and just changing our behaviour does not work full time, long time, long term. It doesn't, um, and I think that's why, you know, people that that join uh, traditional routes to. Giving up alcohol, you know, have to have that community and that full time, constant support and and going to meet with like minded people. And that's not just AA, there's lots of other um, places out there. There's Aspire and Smart and, you know, Smart Recovery. There's lots of different places. But just changing your behaviour and just trying to change your behaviour without without changing your mindset and your thought processes around alcohol. It's like just putting a sticking plaster on the wound and keep redressing redressing it and redressing it and redressing it and it never actually healing. To heal and to completely lose your desire for alcohol, if that's your end game, I don't know if it is or not, or even to moderate, you've got to change the way that you think about alcohol. There's no other way around it. And that's not as difficult as you might think. There's so many community groups out there, you know, that you can start off with. There's so much literature out there. There's so many podcasts out there that you can just educate yourself and that education and knowledge around your drinking patterns and what triggers you and when your cravings pop up and how you see it affecting your relationships, your working life, your health. You can start to just change the way you think. Now, using a coach, you can get there much quicker, for sure, because you've got the expert uh, and experience, expertise and experience from the coach. Or, like me, I didn't have a coach. I just did the thirty day experiment with uh, with Annie Grace, and just you know, learnt from the videos and things that I got from her, read things, listened to podcasts. And that's how I started my journey. So it is possible to do it not on your own because you always need um, knowledge because knowledge is power, but it's only powerful if you put it into practice. So, you know, there's no point working with a coach if you're not going to put into practice um, what's been, um, you know, what you're learning from the coach and the maybe I say homework in inverted commas (laughs) you know if there's any extra stuff to do like maybe journaling how you feel um, or listening to particular podcasts or doing some reading you've got to be in feet first and that's why when people come to me if they're not completely ready I'm not in the business of trying to control them or talk them into working with me or working with anybody else for that matter because you've got to come to a point where you feel ready to tackle it I did a whole decade of trying to do it myself you know promising myself on a Monday morning I wouldn't drink until Friday and then by Wednesday I'd caved in um you have two choices you know You either take on board that you need to make changes. And I think deep down, we know, we know for sure whether or not drinking is affecting our health, our relationships, our work. You know, the quality time we should be spending with our kids and loved ones and if we're hungover um, or we're foggy-headed or we're in a mood and we're feeling irritable um, and we're not getting on as well as we think we ought to be getting on and we know that alcohol's holding us back, then maybe it's time just to take that first tentative step into being curious and seeing what will happen if I carry on through into February. We're all different. We all take different paths. But what I want to say is, don't beat yourself up. Don't get frustrated. Don't get annoyed with yourself. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. And definitely don't do it for somebody else. Because that breeds resentment. If you say to your partner or the kids or whoever, grandkids, I'm, I'm going to do this and, I'm, you know, in your head you're thinking I'm going to do it for them or even tell them that you're going to do it for them and you have a really tough time and you're really miserable because you feel like you're missing out, it does breed resentment on that person because... You want that recognition from them that they're actually, you know, you're actually doing it for them. And when that's not forthcoming, you get angry, you get bitter, you get annoyed. Lots of different emotions come up. Whereas if you're doing it for you to change how you feel about you, then you've only got responsibility to you. And then that doesn't matter if you have a blip. It doesn't matter if you start drinking again. It doesn't matter if you have a week on, a week off, a month on, a month off. Annie says it takes between 8 and 13 times to be successful, to get on top of our drinking habits. So keep that in mind. Keep going. Do what you can do. And this has been a very long episode. Not five to ten minutes long. I'm currently on 17 minutes and counting. <clears throat> but I just wanted to make it personal to you. <coughs> Excuse me. That don't give yourself a hard time. Give yourself a bit of grace. Grace. And just be gentle with yourself. And it will happen, but you have to put the work in. You have to learn, you have to gain that knowledge. Not changing your behaviour, but changing your thought processes around what you believe alcohol gives you. And does it really give you what you think it gives you? So you take care and I'll catch you again tomorrow. Bye.